onslaught better than we usually do. Uh, All right, comes up. Ready, guys. Let's do this. Leroy Jenkins. Oh my God, he just ran in. Welcome to Enter VR, the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality. I'm Chris Miranda, your host. And on today's show, I have Carl Krantz, the creator of Silicon Valley Virtual Reality Meetup, Escape VR, and a whole host of other amazing things. Carl Krantz, thanks very much for being on the show today. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Dude, it's so good to uh, hang out and talk to you again. So yeah. what's keeping you busy these days? What what has uh, What's keeping you up at, late at night? Yeah, I have my hands full. Um, yeah, we are, SVVR is in the midst of our uh, most ambitious undertaking yet, which is uh, the very first conference for consumer virtual reality, which is coming up uh, in less than a month now, May 19th and 20th. This is extremely exciting news because I am uh, aware that you are bringing along some heavy hitters to this conference. Can, can you give me a quick rundown on who uh, and who and how how were you able to get uh, the, the people that are about to speak at this conference? Yeah, well, I'll start with a how because that's fun for me as an introvert. Um, I have I think I've successfully tackled all of my fears about um, cold calling people and contacting people that I see as being, you know, famous and untouchable. Uh, I've pretty much powered through all of those fears um, in the past month or two here, putting this together. And I've, yeah, it's just, I'm just reaching out to everyone who I think, you know, should be involved. And, you know, a surprising amount of them want to be involved and really like what we're doing. You know, I think um, people, you know, people realize that uh, virtual reality needs its own home. Um, you know, and consumer virtual reality, it needs a home outside of the gaming conferences because VR is bigger than gaming and outside of the academic world and the professional VR world, because that stuff, while interesting, is not that interesting because you can't have it yourself and play with it and experiment with it at home. So, sorry, you were saying? So, yep. So, um, so yeah, so we've uh, managed to bring on some uh, really great speakers. You know, our keynote is Philip Rosedale, who I know you recently had on. Yeah. Um, you know, creator of Second Life and uh, co-founder of High Fidelity, uh, which is you know I think has one of the best shots at being the metaverse for VR. Um, you know, there he certainly has plenty of experience on uh, creating the metaverse and the issues around these large scale virtual worlds. And, uh, you know, they've been working on this for a while and they've got a lot of the issues worked out that, you know, most everyone else hasn't even thought of yet. <laughs> and the, the things that people don't even know are issues. Um, and, you know, we have, uh, Palmer Lucky, uh, a, a name I'm sure you've heard before. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, and Richard Marks, who's, uh, you know, the, the, the lead on the Sony Morpheus project, which is, really exciting and the creator of the Sony move. And he's just super excited about VR and consumer VR. And, um, you know, the format for most of this is panels. So we try to avoid having a lot of long talks. So we do have, uh, the keynote speaker, um, but the rest of it is going to be these panel discussions. So we can actually have active discussions among people. Hmm. And so we have some really great panels. Um, you know, I can, I, I have about 20 speakers. So I don't want to go down the whole list, but I'll point out a few. We have the CEO of um, we have the CEO of Six Sense, Amir uh, mm-hmm. Rubin. We have the CEO of Jaunt VR, who's doing cinematic VR. We have Jan, CEO of Virtuix, 
CEO of Linden Lab, Ebbe Altberg. Uh, we have Ben Lang, as everyone knows, is the uh, editor of Road to VR. You know, he's he's kind of the guy in the middle of this industry right now. Hmm. Uh, he's going to be moderating panel. We have some pioneers, Walter Greenleaf and uh, uh, Jason Gerald, who's been working in VR a long time. Simon Solotko, who's been you know the marketing wizard behind many of the VR Kickstarters. Um, we have you know Peter from Oculus. Um, just yeah, a lot of interesting guys. Uh, Oliver Kralos, Doc Ock. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, kind of an endless list of uh, VR pioneers, and we're going to get them all in the same place for two days. You know, two two hundred of your closest, two to three hundred of your closest VR friends in one space for you know two full days. Um, yeah, what could be better than that? This is uh, this is rivaling the excitement to e3 i would say that if anything this is more exciting to me than e3 because i mean especially you know when i think about uh going back to sony sony's project morpheus doesn't really quite have a public face to it you know how when you know oculus has palmer lucky its founder as you know that that public face that 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 people can can uh, attribute to is is Richard Marks uh, being you know filling in that role put you know filling in that vacuum. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're they're splitting it up. Um, you know, there's uh, Shuhei um, who did the initial announcement at the unveil, um, and he kind of shared the spotlight with Richard Marks. Uh, but they have a lot of smart guys. Um, Anton, who's you know one of their key engineers working on this. Uh, they have a lot of smart guys, but I think Richard Marx is probably the guy that will be remembered, you know, long term as you know the lead on the Sony Morpheus project and the guy who pushed VR within Sony. Carl, this is—I mean—to think about how far you've come, I, I really got to give it to you, man. You've—if uh, if there was somebody that I can say, you know, this guy created something, nothing, you know, something out of nothing, it, it's definitely you. I mean, I saw. Uh, Silicon Valley. I was. I went to the first Silicon Valley VR meetup, and I remember feeling, you know, uh, that there was an, an, something in the air. Um, but never in my wildest dreams did I think that this would happen so fast. What has been the, the process for you? Like, ha, ha, do you think it? You know, this this whole process of being a creator of meetups and and being involved in the VR community. Did Did you ever think, you know, looking back, that this is gonna this was gonna evolve so fast, or is it evolving fast enough? Um. I guess part of me just really hoped that it would evolve this quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I'm going to push that credit right back on people like you who come to the meetup because, you know, all, all we're doing is, you know, arranging the space, providing some vision for what we want to do. And, but it's really all the people who come to the meetups that, you know, c create the energy and, you know, all the enthusiasm, you know, it's, it's the attendees and the people who are, supporting this conference who are helping make the conference happen you know it's um you know the companies who are doing starting up in the space you know it's really we're, we're just uh you know we just provide the pizza <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need uh yeah, just pizza that's the secret we just provide pizza <laughs> yeah no i think it's um you know we just um want to provide a home for this stuff i mean mm -hmm. we we see the energy is there and we really just want to kind of focus it and harness it a little bit and put it to good use. You know, if we can get everyone together, we can create a compelling case for some of these companies to come out and show their prototypes before the rest of the world gets to see them. You know, if we can, you know, kind of harness this energy and point it in certain directions, we can do some uh, real good with it, I think. 
Yeah, I totally agree. In terms of the conference itself, we're, we're talking about this is going to be the world's first professional consumer VR conference. Yep, that's what, right. What in what is in uh in, in your mind when your view? What do you what is consumer VR? So it, it is VR that is accessible to regular people. You know, democratized VR, VR that you can afford, that I can afford, that you know, stuff that doesn't cost tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, that stuff has existed for a long time, and you know, if you had enough money and enough smart people, you could have a, you know a pretty good experience. You know, years ago in VR, even decades ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's only, you know, now that it's become affordable, you know, a couple hundred dollars. And that means that instead of a couple hundred people having access to it, we have, you know, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people who will have access to the technology. And that's just a lot more, a lot more minds on the problems that are still out there in VR to be solved, like locomotion and user input. So the more people that we can get tackling these problems, the, you know, the more progress we'll all make. Hmm. Definitely. So, so this is a this is a professional conference, though. So it's you know it's it shouldn't be thought of like uh, like Comic Con where you know show up. You know it's 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 obviously it's priced in the range of professional conferences. It's a conference where you go and spend two days, and lunch is provided, and we have a nice space. And it's it's about people. It's it's about providing a place for people who want to work in this industry and help build this industry. People who want to develop you know, the VR games and applications of the future, people who want to develop hardware and really just want to invest in this space. Will this conference ever evolve into being something like a, a, a Comic-Con or E3, assuming that, I mean, this is going to get huge in the future, uh, or are you planning on, on keeping it, you know, straight up just professionals? I, I would like to keep the core of it um, focused on the the entrepreneur who is pushing VR forward mm-hmm. and the developers and entrepreneurs who are pushing VR forward. Um, but I, but I definitely could see, you know, a year or two down the road where we have, you know, maybe one day or a half a day that's open to the general public and, you know, is, is much cheaper so that, you know, people can just come in if they want to try the latest and greatest VR technology, mm. but are not necessarily interested in having like panel discussions on metaverse architecture or, you know, user input, you know, um, best practices for development stuff, you know, things that developers are concerned with, but the general public might not be. I'm, I'm sure I do, want, I do want to keep that as the core. Yeah, I'm sure that this question gets asked uh, a, a bunch for, to you in terms of uh, live streaming. Will that be something that you're you're keeping off the table or, or is that... Uh, I- I would love to have this event live streamed uh, for this first event. I don't think it's going to happen. Just again, it's like the meetups. It's just a matter of resources. Um, you know, I, I just don't personally have the capacity to do this. Mm-hmm. We need to find a partner. Um, and I hope that, you know, through this ecosystem, we will find a company that specializes in doing, um, you know, a VR, VR enabling uh, live events. You know, I know there are companies that have been working on that type of problem you know, in the past, um, back in the days of, you know, early days of Second Life and stuff. So I hope that uh, we'll, I hope that a company will come forward and, and, you know, introduce themselves to us and find us that specializes in this. And, you know, I think that in future years, I could see the SVVR conference really leading the way for this kind of thing and having a, a conference where you can have virtual attendees and physical attendees and have them mix and mingle. 
and augmented attendees. I mean, yeah, somehow. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> the, everything in between. Yeah. That, AIs and all of that. Everything. That this yeah. sounds amazing. I mean, I I really like the your your vision of the future here. And uh, but in terms of, I, I think there'll always be value in showing up because you can't try the latest and greatest VR tech virtually. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't try, uh, you know, DK2 through a DK1. Yeah. And that's what I feel like that's where the limitations of virtual reality, you know, as we know it, are, are, are sort of arising in terms of it, is it going to replace some curriculum at some schools sometime in the future? Maybe. Very possible. But will it replace conferences that, you know, that the ability to people be physically next to each other and, and yes, try out those products that haven't been seen before in their hands? I think that's where, yeah, I can't think VR coming close to replacing that. That, yeah, uh, not for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, as long as there are people who are there in the physical world, it's going to be hard to get them. You know, you can have virtual people interacting, you know, avatars interacting with avatars, and that's a level playing field. But if you have part of the conference that is real people in meat space, there's always going to be something missing when they try to interact with the people who are avatars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're in the physical world and you're in a room full of people and there are also avatars, it's going to be really hard to focus on those avatars when you have physical people, which, you know, is a lot more compelling, I think, just intuitively. Yeah. You know, uh, something I've been paying attention in the news lately, and uh, not to get too off tangent, uh, but you know how this podcast goes. Yes, I love the, <laughs> the rabbit hole. <laughs> I've been seeing, uh, I, I just saw the front page of Reddit has this post from the World Health, Health Organization talking about how we are arriving in, into the post-antibiotic era. That, that means that, you know, we're reaching a, a place in human history where antibiotics won't have the same effect as they used to. Yeah. And that's a pretty scary thought. Yeah, it is. <laughs> because, I mean, the world around us is just all bacteria. We're all bacteria. And uh, to think that the, the thing that's gotten us to live so far out and we take for granted antibiotics is starting, you know, is starting to... Uh, phase out is is, is is quite scary although there are some hopes in the future some people some people were talking about using uh, uh, something permophage I just totally annihilated whatever that is but uh, there are people who are hopeful I'm hopeful but this is where I get an, another subject where I think about virtual reality because I wonder how virtual reality could help this and, and you know especially thinking thinking about like you know, jobs would that involve really uh, exposing yourself to bacteria, like like the trash collector. You know, why can't that be that? Why can't that job be done telerobotically with a VR headset or something? Um, right. I could see, yeah, if we wind up in a situation where there is some sort of super bug and people are afraid of contact with other people because of you know contagions. You know, I could see virtual reality being a tool that helps us. Uh, you know, help society keep functioning. Yeah. Wouldn't that be weird, though? Imagine just everybody not being able to touch each other or come in contact yeah. with another human being only through the virtual world. I know you're there. I know there's humans out there. I just can't touch them. That's yeah. it. You know, it's it's interesting. I think that, you know, it will... I think that the more time we spend in virtual spaces and interacting with virtual people, the more you will actually appreciate, you know, what is special about interacting in the physical world. Mm-hmm. And I think that will... I think it'll only, uh, you know, highlight, you know, how 
amazing the real world is when you spend a lot of time in a virtual space. Yeah, I, I have I have the same sentiment where I think that being in the virtual world will help us, you know, take advantage of, or, or thinking think about how grateful we are to be able to experience the real world whenever we choose to. That, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I can see, you know, virtual reality helping, I mean, and just think of the environmental cost of, you know, you know, millions, hundreds of millions and billions of people commuting every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and what if, what if you took that away and it wasn't necessary and everyone is, you know, just suddenly pops into a virtual world to go to work. I mean, that's the environmental, you know, impact of that is, would be fantastic. I completely agree. I mean, I'm, and imagine I'm, a world without traffic because, you know, people that were driving were only doing it for leisure and not <laughs> to get to work. That would be awesome. That would be truly awesome. Yeah. All, yeah, although you would need, yeah, because that's that would be the virtual reality economy. That that's that would be a whole self-sustaining economy when it gets to that point where people are actually just working and and going to school in VR and that. And but then what would they what would they do with the rest of their day? I mean, I, yeah. Well, I, I think it comes. There's a lot of there's a lot of interesting talk. Um, there's a book. Uh, what is it? The Second Age of Machines. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't actually read it yet. I just got it, and I'm about to read it. But it looks um, it looks really interesting. But I think it's along the lines of uh, Jaron Lanier's book, um, his actually most two most recent books, which are talking about how you know technology technology um, allows us to be more efficient, and that means it takes away jobs. Um, so it's a real problem that the world has to face. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there was a recent article in the Economist that said something like 50 percent of all current jobs are going to be made obsolete by technology in the next, you know, 20 years or something. It was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine if 50% of the people just were unemployed, like 50% of the existing jobs just went away. What do those people do? Yeah. You know, they have to do something. Well, you know, you could make the case and some people make the case that, um, you know, any job that could be done by a machine was probably not a very good job to begin with. I mean, why should we use our bodies as machines and, and you know, do physical backbreaking labor? Mm -hmm. You know, why not use our minds and, you know, have, you know, people will have to turn to creative work and things that machines can't do. Yeah. The way the world exists now, there's a lot less jobs, <laughs> you know, there's far fewer jobs doing that kind of work. So, but you could, you could project forward in where we have this, you know, large global virtual world or multiple virtual worlds. And, you know, we need to populate those worlds with content and, you know, build things in the, um, you know, it's, you know, 3d content textures art, um, coding. And suddenly that's a huge job to build these giant scale virtual worlds. And I, I think that could be, you know, where these people make a living by, right. you know, creating virtual content in these worlds. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, when we talk about VR. This is the blank canvas that could be utilized to fill in the gap that those jobs will leave behind. I mean, that's where, yeah. and, and you know, and and to sort of piggyback on what you're saying, I I think this is where where we're gonna reach a point where we might be able to liberate the human mind to unleash its creative potential onto the computer world, and and we can experience that. It's gonna be quite quite interesting. Uh, I mean. Ass assuming, of course, that it, I would say it doesn't get, I mean, this movement, this 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 thing that is happening doesn't get hijacked by uh, a, a different agenda or 
or a, a group of powerful powerful people that might have you know a, a secondary agenda with with the metaverse um, yeah yeah which is you know, something that's extremely important <laughs> to watch out for yeah, yeah and how do you, how how do consumers i mean especially especially in this day and age where like there is so much to know from the world around us and so little time and our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and now we have to pay attention to this thing called the metaverse and sometimes i feel like it's just easier to just let let it happen just you know sure i'll, I'll let you you know watch everything i look at sure i'll let you data mine all of my you know everything i click on i mean that's yeah it's important i mean so in a i was just writing about this for a post i'm going to do tomorrow um in a in a virtual or a digital space code is law i think that was lawrence lessig who said that quote mm. but code becomes law um so the the actual architecture and the decisions that may that are made when you're architecting virtual worlds i mean this stuff is going to have uh long-lasting impact on society as more and more of our worlds become digital and virtual so you know if if we get used to losing certain freedoms in virtual spaces just because that's just the way the first the first people that did it did it <laughs> you mm -hmm. know like if if we say for example we lost um the ability to you know control when when and to whom we reveal our identity. So we all had to go around with our real names over our heads. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe Philip Rosedale spoke about this recently, but, um, you know, in the real world, you're walking around in a city, you're, you're pretty much anonymous. Nobody knows who you are until you choose to reveal that. But the way it exists right now on Facebook, for example, you're forced to reveal your identity to even, you know, play their game. If you want to come along, and and participate you're you know you lose that uh freedom to decide when you want to reveal who you are and to who yeah you know they they take that you know they're they're literally taking a freedom away when you step into that virtual world of facebook that virtual space of facebook um and you know if you take that forward when you know 10 years 20 years and everyone's living in a virtual world but we've lost that freedom that we used to have in the physical world that's that's a bad thing i think mm -hmm. so we have to really think about these architectural decisions and and you know in a lot of cases these decisions are made just because well it's easier you know just to make everyone have their name above their head or a profile you can right click and read their profile you can't right click on someone in the re real world and read their profile mm -hmm. i mean they choose how much to reveal and what to reveal to who on an individual basis and, you know, we need to really think about this stuff and the impact this will have long term because it's really easy to get used to something just because that's the way the first large scale successful uh, product in that space did it. And then everyone else does it the same way. Yeah, it's definitely I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, I wonder how could this be uh, somehow addressed? And, and perhaps and the only thing one of one of the few things that comes to my head is thinking about a, a, a consumer a virtual reality consumer bill of rights or a code of ethics for for creators of virtual reality experiences I, I, you know kind of like uh how in geneva they signed a treaties on the laws of war and you couldn't use poison gas and you couldn't use yeah. certain things like i i think you know, somehow some way you know people need to come together uh and and think of ways to you know at least symbolically create something that might 
you know that might that that all of us might universally agree on for example don't use virtual reality to torture others don't use virtual reality to spy on people without them knowing don't you you know what i'm saying like yeah exactly i mean yeah we need to have these conversations which is exactly why we're doing this conference and having these panels because we want to get the people that have been thinking about this stuff for a long time in one place and to have these discussions now, so we actually have a panel at, at the SVVR conference on uh, ar architecting the metaverse, and, and it's talking about these exact issues. And we have Philip Rosedale and Ebe Altberg, uh, CEO of Linden Lab, and uh, a couple other people. And we're going to actually, you know, talk about these issues and the decision, architectural decisions, and the impact they have long term on on our freedoms and society and interoperability and all of the rest that's gonna that's extremely exciting i mean it sounds it, it sounds to to anybody outside of our bubble i you know what what you just said sounded like what but but to me it's like i i need to i need to be there i will be there it's it's so exciting well, i mean think about this now I mean, this is this is a small little tiny um glimmer of an ecosystem right now but this is going to be a huge industry vr in general going forward mm -hmm. so i mean you could make the case that the place that these decisions the place where these things are are talked about and these decisions are made is really one of the most influential places for the future that you can have because yeah. as more and more of our worlds move into you know or more and more of our lives move into virtual worlds you know the those the the impact of those decisions, architectural decisions and business decisions, you know, is going to be magnified. And so, you know, in in my maybe not so humble opinion, you know, the conferences and forums like the SVPR conference could really become the, you know, the the seed of power for, you know, future generations or the place where decisions were made or at least discussed, you know, in and I, I, we need to have some place to have those discussions. Yep. And, I, and, you know, personally, I want that to happen in a place that balances the, the needs of the business community with the needs of just the passionate enthusiasts and the people that are pushing this technology forward just because they, they love it hmm. or because they're following their intuition. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, you're definitely hitting the nail on the head right there with the importance of this. But but speaking of the future and, and, and architects in itself, you know, have you been in, uh, aware of what's been happening with the FCC and that 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 uh, proposal that the uh, I think the chairman put out, uh, how he's trying to kill net neutrality? Yeah, it's I mean, that's to me personally, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I, and. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that I thought that we were going in the other direction and people are starting to see the importance of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it personally, it may be, it may be somewhat socialist of me to, to say this, but I think that on the internet and networks are really should just be infrastructure the same way the streets are infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost like a necessary infrastructure. You know, we have, we have streets, you know, everyone has equal access to those streets. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think the, you know, network technologies are really just the roads of the future. I don't, I don't see why they should be treated differently. And I think that, you know, there's, you know, without getting too political, I think people are, are banging the drum of, of, um, you know, uh, freedom for businesses, but really because they have their own agendas, which are not really about, protecting freedoms at all <laughs> mm -hmm. it's uh it's quite scary and 
immediately, um, you know, because this is enter VR, I think about VR and how if the worst case scenario goes through and uh, crossing my fingers, it doesn't. What is the impact that this might have on, on this, you know, industry going forward? Hi, Carl. Hello, we're back. Okay, cool. So uh, 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 the question was, um, how is this ruling by the FCC? How uh, how are these developments? And assuming, you know, crossing my fingers that the worst case scenario occurs, what sort of impact might that have on the virtual reality industry going forward? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's it's a little hard to predict how this stuff will will play out. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that what what'll happen is um, somebody will misbehave early on, <laughs> yeah. maybe Comcast or AT and T or one of these other companies with a history of misbehaving, um, and they'll push something too far, and then there'll be a backlash, and then we'll have a strong net neutrality. That's what I hope happens, <laughs> and and you know my my optimistic side, you know, thinks that will happen. Hmm. So I think we'll have uh, you know a few years of pain. And somebody will push it too far, and then we'll swing back in the other direction. And people say, "Oh yeah, that was actually a good idea after all." Considering, I don't know if I, I feel like the in the era we live in, I, I feel like the internet is, and maybe it's my tinfoil hat mentality, but but I feel like the internet is under constant attack, and uh, not just from corporations that want to harness it and use it for their own. Uh, profiteering ways i mean nothing wrong with that but then again if it affects other people's quality of of information uh then and it's fucked up but but you know even still corporations governments i feel like they're constantly trying to figure out ways to harness it slow it down divert it fuck it up somehow and and for some reason I, i feel like this is this is a uh, how do you say this is where history will repeat itself in virtual reality uh, yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason you know there's going to be people who are going to be like this thing is the devil <laughs> we gotta get rid of it yeah or or, or like this thing is going to make me money I better hold on to it by the balls I mean is there anything at this point knowing the, the, of the cyclical nature of this thing can we can we as enthusiasts and as a community try to anticipate those os- obstacles and, and and tackle them somehow uh, I, i'm thinking crowdfunding uh, a lobby group that will go to washington and and just be straight up you know the first vr lobby group and and you know uh, be the the vanguard out there but but other than that I, you know i don't know <laughs> <That's an> interesting <laughs> idea yeah, I'm not really sure what people can actually do other than, you know, try to highlight the good because there's always good and bad. And, yeah. You know, I think we just need to highlight the good when we can. The the bad will happen. We can't cover it up, really. It's just going to happen. But I I think with most technologies, there's always more of an upside than a downside. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the long-term trend of technology is, you know, we, we live longer, healthier lives, you know, or, you know, we have you know, more, we're, we're more educated. We are, uh, you know, higher quality of life. I mean, I'm sure that people make arguments in the other direction, but I think statistically in the long term, technology always has more upside than downside. Mm-hmm. There's always a downside that we have to, and the only way forward is to, with more technology. 
<laughs> so it's kind of a it's kind of a trap, but we're already in it. So you just kind of push forward, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think there will be uh, these this sort of backlash. I mean, there already is this. You know, you live in you know the Bay Area. It's, there's this interesting uh, anti-technology backlash happening in San Francisco right mm-hmm. now. I'm sure you've heard about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, with the Google buses being attacked and people, you know, chanting and protesting outside of uh, technology, uh, you know, VCs and other technology uh, leaders' houses, and you know just generally making people that work in the tech industry feel unwelcome in San Francisco because it's raising rents. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's a little bit scary to see that because it's this and, and people being attacked for wearing Google glass. There's been a number of high profile uh, cases of that happening in San Francisco. And it's, it's scary that, you know, there's this growing kind of uh, Luddite movement <laughs> and, I'm not sure, you know, I, I understand those people are frustrated, but I think they're completely misguided and, and, you know, putting their frustration in just the wrong place to be, you know, harassing workers who work for Google. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a, a, a sticky and weird and difficult issue that not one person has the fix-it-all solution to. I mean, it's just... You know, you, I, you know, the way I view it, I think the Bay Area, you know, especially because I'm a weird guy, I like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History and just having, oh, I love it, dude. Yeah. If he's new episode like a week ago, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so dark though. The whole World War One thing, it's just yeah, a yeah. giant. It's just, it's just. How do you say? For someone who wants to be depressed, it's like porn for that kind of person. <laughs> it's 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 but but it's good because it's like damn i humanity we're fuck, you know let's not fuck it up again so you know i i you listen to this man and dan carlin and i and i you know growing up i i was a weird kid i i, I like reading history books a lot i you know and and so in my mind i think that the bay area silicon valley san francisco are you know among the top of the pinnacle human civilization like like you know you got you know cities london paris tokyo beijing shanghai you know world world cities and yet i mean i can't think of many places that have google headquarters and facebook headquarters you know right down a couple miles down the road it's it's a weird place yeah it really is and so you know i don't blame people who for, for wanting to come here i mean if this is this is where it's at and so, and and yeah, that's and then, why I came here. Yeah. Well, and the and the weather. <laughs> Today was awesome. And, and yeah. but at the same time, it's it's hard because it's like I I've seen you know not to get too personal, but I you know my grandparents you know I was raised in the Sunset District of San Francisco, and my grandparents had to move to the East Bay because it was getting too expensive. But you know we're still in the Bay Area, and it's still we're still working things out. And I instead of for me it was like a decision of like all right, so this is happening, this technology thing is happening. You know where's you know where's the most money co- going to? It's in the tech sector. I need to go. I need I need to go be there uh, instead of you know trying to do blowjobs uh, behind C- city hall <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you do when you go the political science route. Uh, you go and do blowjobs behind city hall so you can get an internship with the supervisor's office. Um, so yeah, I, you know, for me it was like, yeah, I, this is where the money's going to be. And in the back of my head, I was crossing my fingers. I was like, I hope this is in a bubble. I hope this is in a bubble. Anyways, I just went in there and try to be 
part of the somehow technology <laughs> and it's, it's well the bad news is that it, it it is a bubble but there's always another bubble right behind that bubble <laughs> <laughs> that's reassuring yeah i think that's the way this works <laughs> it, it, thinking about that you know and again we're in the rabbit hole we're deep in there now carl uh it's 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 weird to think about this tech thing this tech industry i i don't know what it is but like you know, I listen to NPR and listen to shows, and it used to be that you know young people wanted to work at Wall Street, and nowadays that mentality is changing towards Silicon Valley. People want to work for startups and tech technology companies, and that's an interesting thing to be in the middle of, you know, uh, and, and be able to witness. I, it's just, it's such a weird thing, and uh, you know, I I just wonder like how big of an impact will it have when this bubble burst. I mean, obviously, it's extremely hard to predict, but considering just how much is riding on it these days, it's pretty... Yeah. I I mean, like I said, yeah, I think there's always another bubble. I mean, I've been through (laughs) several bubbles, you know, the the dot-com bubble, and then people thought, you know, oh, internet stuff was stupid. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think... But but people kept chugging right along, and technology kept pushing forward, and then, you know, they find more innovative uses for it in more ways that technology can change our lives and you know just keep pushing forward you know and like i said i think the long-term trend is always that our lives are improved by it so yeah it's a it's a good long-term bet there there will be short-term crashes but long term i think the tech sector is you know probably the best place to be and you know the way technology works it it's exponential yeah. So the the change, you know, it's it's just going to get more and more intense. So there will be more and more bubbles that have shorter and shorter lived, but bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah, I've met a lot of people that have moved over from the biomedical sector to the tech sector, um, hmm. and I and I wonder why. I wonder what the environment is. I, you know, I, I yeah. it seems it would all just blend together at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, that, and that would be ideal. I mean, hopefully inside of VR, but who knows. Uh, and so going back to VR, VR for a sec, in terms of, you know, this, this positioning, this conference, are you planning on doing any, any partnerships with, with conferences outside of Silicon Valley? I mean, uh, how has the outreach, you know, have you been outreached to by other people who want to partner? How's, how's that been coming along? Um, not, not necessarily with other conferences yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I, I'm an ambitious guy, so I'm always thinking big. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, oh, it would be great to also have like a East Coast version, you know, like some of these other conferences like IndieCade. You know, IndieCade is one of the conferences. You know, I have a few conferences that I kind of model this on. Mm-hmm. IndieCade is interesting because they kind of take over, you know, Culvert City as, you know, this, this whole little section of a town for a few days. And that's fun. But they also have a IndieCade East or, you know, like PAX, PAX East. You know, a lot of these conferences will have a – you know, not, not quite a franchise, but they'll have a, a couple, you know, geographically spread out. So hmm. it, it has crossed my mind that maybe long term we'll we'll have an East Coast version that'll be maybe offset by six months. But, you know, for now, I think just one conference is is enough to keep us busy. Definitely. Yeah, you you are uh, definitely a busy man these days. If I got in a time machine and I went up to 10 year old Carl and I asked him, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you, what do you think you would have said? Um, I probably would have said an inventor. Yeah. I think that was always my thing when I was a kid. I was always building things and taking apart things and wires and electronics and 
gears and rubber bands and all sorts of weird things. <laughs> what, uh, what was uh Or an artist. Or an artist. Okay. That's yeah. you. Some, well, you're definitely building it. I mean, you're definitely building something now. I mean, it's. Uh... I would have. I, I can't think of any time in my life where I would have said I want to run a conference, <laughs> <laughs> except in the past year or so, just because I, I feel like we kind of fell into this with SVBR. You know, we've we all. Not not unintentionally, but um, you know, we definitely uh, you know, had the had the timing right with SVVR, and you know, the conference definitely took on a momentum of its own, or the the SVVR group, and then you know, it just became obvious that we need a conference in this space, mm -hmm. and I be started to become concerned that some outside professional conference company is going to come in and say VR is a hot sector, I'm, it's trending on you know Google Trends, I see virtual reality raising. We should throw a conference in this space, and then if they do that, the agenda of the conference is going to be set by, you know, the exhibitors and companies in the space that have the most money to spend on mm. any given year. Yeah. And I think, you know, I care too much about this space to let that happen. So it's kind of like, well, we better do this because, you know, I, I think we could do this right, and we're well positioned with SVVR, and we have a track record of, you know, having a nice balance between you know, the enthusiasts and people that are passionate about VR and the companies in the space. And we're, we, we've figured out how to, you know, balance those two, uh, you know, sides of, of this, of this new growing industry. And, you know, I think that we, that we're really in the best position to throw the conference for this space. Definitely. Has, has there been something that uh, perhaps has uh, surprised you or, or it's taken uh, you by surprise about the conference or the community or, or anything in the past year? Um, yeah, there's been a few things, I guess, that are surprising. Um, I guess, I guess, um, you know, it's, it's such an early time in this space. I mean, you know, in our world, it seems like VR is taking over the world, but <laughs> it's still a very small industry. There are only a handful of companies in the space. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there's not a lot of people to choose from when you're trying to get sponsorships and exhibitors and the rest. And a lot of these are small startups and they don't have budgets yet. You know, there's, you know, no one's really making money in VR yet. I mean, aside from speculative investments, like, you know, Facebook acquisition of Oculus, mm -hmm. but you know, those are, uh, those are Facebook dollars, you know, that's uh, Facebook stock. Yeah. So we don't know what that'll actually be worth by the time they're vested and able to cash out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's not a ton of money in, you know, being made in VR. There is money being spent investing in this industry for the future, but, you know, not, not being made. So there's not a lot of companies with money to burn. So, you know, it's not like, um, you know, we can have really big sponsors and, you know, and have, you know, crazy extravaganza in this industry it's not like mature like the gaming industry is you know mm -hmm. it's a brand new space so people don't really know what to expect so it's you know it's been a little bit harder than i thought getting everyone on board but i, I um, line up of exhibitors and speakers and and um, all the rest it's just it's been a little more challenging than i thought i thought people would just be oh yeah we need a conference that's a no-brainer we're on board but it's been more of a you know we've yeah. had some convincing to do <laughs> hmm. interesting is it has there been a, a lesson uh that you've that for looking back a year from now something that you would have done differently or or you know, 
anything that you think that you know could could have been a lesson looking forward or going back sorry yeah, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to ask me that after the conference is over and we see how successful the things we the decisions we did make are in the long run. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm not I'm not quite sure yet what those lessons are. I know we're learning a lot. <laughs> Ten years from now, I'll, I'll come yeah. back to this conversation. I, know, I have a few lessons. Uh, one is that everyone wants to be on a panel. <laughs> I, I've had to turn down so many people who want to be on panels, which is, you know, which is upsetting because a lot of these people, I would love to hear them speak, but it's just, there's no more room for them in the schedule. You know, there's, you can only have, you know, four or five people on a panelist plus a moderator, you know, on a panel and plus a moderator without it getting too crowded. Hmm. So it's, it's hard to include everyone who wants to be involved in that way. Yeah. But, um, th- but that's also, you know, th- a sign of, that we're on track because, you know, a, a good percentage of, you know, the people that are coming to the conference are involved in some way, either they have a company, they're speaking about a company, they're, you know, they're speaking about what they're doing on a panel, or they have a table or a booth, or, or if not, they're speaking in our uh, 60 second pitch session, we have a session where anyone who comes can pitch their project or, or software or hardware or whatever they're doing to the whole conference and you know so we can kind of get a you know we have this like one hour period where we can get a snapshot of this whole industry and everyone in the conference and what they're working on wow it's gonna be awesome so that'll be fun uh, rapid fire kind of getting to know everyone who's there and working on things or at least the you know the ones that fit in that that hour <laughs> yeah wow but um so so in that hand it's you know there's there's a lot less uh, spectators and a lot more participants, mm. you know, everyone who's there is actually doing something, which is fantastic. I'm extremely excited for this conference, Carl. This is, this is going to be awesome. Are, are yeah, you, are you excited, anxious? I mean, as a man putting this together, how are you, how are you handling it right now? Um, I'm, you know, I'm totally days behind in my email and overwhelmed, <laughs> but I mean, that's just normal for the, doing this kind of thing. It's just the logistics of, of dealing with this many people and all the vendors involved. And, you know, I have uh, Nana who's doing so, so much of the logistics without her, this, you know, this could not happen. Shout out she's, to Nana. She's, yeah. Big shout out to <laughs> Nana Usui, who is my partner in SBBR in life. And, uh, who really is the, the core that holds it all together here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think that we're, we're on track. We are absolutely going to have a fantastic conference, fantastic speakers. Uh, the big unknown is, you know, just how full will it be? I mean, I already know we're going to have, you know, you know, we'll, at least 150 plus people. So already, you know, if no more people signed up, it would be fantastic, hmm. and, you know, fantastic and intimate. But we have room for, you know, several hundred, you know, we could go up to 400, which would be even more fantastic. And having not done this before, I have no idea what the spread on that is. If, you know, if a lot of people sign up last minute or not, I don't know about that. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a little anxious about, you know, attendees, mm-hmm. you know, because I obviously want as many people there as possible. But I also know that we have enough now that it's going to be an amazing time. And, you know, it's going to be super beneficial for everyone who comes already. So, yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to actually sleeping a, a long, 
restful night again after it's over. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've noticed... I can't think about that yet. It's almost a, you know, just a little less than a month away. It's coming along. It's coming along. You're doing great. Hang in there. Hang in there. How how, how did you... Were you... Did I see you on Reddit? Like on a, on a, a banner on Reddit? You were able to... Yeah, I've been doing... I've been trying all sorts of things uh, to promote the conference. So trying a bunch of different things. Uh, yeah, we do have a banner on Reddit. I, I think I bought up all of the uh, advertising... It, inventory for uh our oculus for the next uh you know few weeks at least wow yeah we have some ads running we have um ads running through google on you know banner ads on relevant sites to virtual reality mm -hmm. and uh we have uh ads running on road to vr a number of places like that that sounds I, i just want everyone to know about it i think the you know the biggest The here's one lesson I've learned is that I, I just need more help next year, mm -hmm. um, especially on the marketing side. I've been so uh, overwhelmed with the logistics of this mm -hmm. and consumed with with just taking care of the logistics of getting panelists lined up and get everyone organized and exhibitors and logos and all that stuff um, that I have not put as much time into marketing this as I would like to. Yeah. You know, I'd love to be writing tons of blog posts about this and, you know, Twitter and Reddit and all this, but it's just, I, I've just not had the time to do that. So that's one thing that I uh, definitely will get more help in next year. You are but immortal, sir. So it's totally understandable. I mean, one can only do so much. But um, yeah, I think the people that need to know are finding out about it. The Sounds people good. that are very interested in the space. I, I would personally rather have the conference be all people who are really truly dedicated to vr and passionate about it than to have it be a mix of people who are kind of unsure or you know not really fully invested in vr are you sorry go ahead no i think i finished yeah, my thought. yeah. i was gonna ask you are you uh getting a hold of any press like like the guys from uh wired or or engadget or yep reaching out to the larger tech press um we're going to have some participation definitely confirmed um and you know we're giving out press passes to legit press like yourself thank you <laughs> <laughs> that is the, that's the first time i hear that so thank you sir <laughs> yeah so we, so we do have uh i think we have about 10 press passes out now for you know and some of them are from from these larger sites and some of them are you know vr specific sites you know there's there's a are in virtual world specific sites, um, you know, because we have Philip Rosedale and now Ebe Altberg from uh, Linden Lab, you know, we're getting a lot of interest from this, uh, the whole Second Life community, mm -hmm. which is a huge community. Yeah, and, um, it hasn't very, gone away. Yeah, yeah. They're totally embracing VR and they're very interested and, and they feel a little bit uh, like this whole new community of uh, VR fanatics that, you know, the people that hang out on our Oculus They feel a little bit like those people are are you know not aware of all the amazing things that you know have already been happening hmm. in Second Life, which they consider you know a virtual reality. It's a virtual world, and you know the you know it's not a stereoscopic HMD, but everything. So here's an interesting philosophical question for you, right? Hmm. You know, there was recently a um, a post. Uh, I think it was Reverend Kyle who did the first talk show in VR. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, and was, you know, this, um, I forget what they were using. Was it Riffmax Theater? Yeah, I, I think I, I remember, yeah, I, I think I crashed that party for a sec. Yeah, right, it was Riffmax, right. yeah. So 
there's been talk shows in Second Life for a good decade, right? Or Open Sim or many of these other worlds. Hmm. Now, you can make the case, okay, that's not virtual reality. But uh, there's been a Second Life viewer um, that works with the Oculus Rift, and that is virtual reality now. And you have these, all these, this whole world of content that exists in there that it, all of it is accessible through virtual reality, if you use the viewer and you have an Oculus Rift, if you use the right viewer, although it's not the way most people are accessing it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of this uh, question, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there, does it make a sound? Because now, is everything that already happened in Second Life, would you say that already happened in virtual reality? Because you can now go and see it. Maybe it's not been seen by someone who's using the virtual reality viewer, but maybe it has. But So is that, you know... Are there, you know, these amazing worlds and, and role play um, communities and talk shows and all this other stuff in virtual reality already or not? <laughs> I don't know what the answer to that question is because it really depends on, you know, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat uh, thing. You know, when you, it can be if you view it with the VR viewer and that exists. So <laughs> does it exist? I don't know. <laughs> Carl? You're blowing my mind here. I'm, I'm having a, I, 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 I really see your point here, and I'm trying to figure out whether, man, now this is where semantics start coming. Uh. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, very tactical. So, so you can see why the people that are have all have been doing all this stuff in in open sim mm -hmm. and Second Life and these other virtual worlds are kind of like, hey, you know, that's not the first dance club. Or in, you know, that's not the first virtual dance club or that's not the first virtual uh, talk show because, you know, we've had that for a long time and you can do this with VR by using this viewer. So <laughs> we have that uh, claim to fame. I mean, it doesn't really matter who's first anyway, but. But you know, it, it sort of it, it does. It's important to be aware that other people have done that stuff because yeah. they've learned a lot of lessons in doing it for a long time. Yes, indeed. And, and, and it, most of that applies <laughs> still. And then at the same time, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of cool to see yourself in a in a book or wikipedia page the first you know virtual reality talk talk show was by the reverend kyle or you know yeah. that that's kind of cool meaning but but yeah it does get complicated now that second life and the people at second life they you know they have realized that and we have a viewer and we have uh, we've done it before Man. yeah it's like and and when did that stuff become you know it's it was always a virtual world but whether it was virtual reality or not was kind of debatable. I mean, a lot of people say virtual reality is uh, has to be stereoscopic or it has to be immersive in an HMD. You know, mm -hmm. that's actually my own definition. I don't feel like something on a 3D screen is virtual reality, although it is a virtual space. You know, it, yeah, it's really semantics, but it's like the second, the first viewer for Second Life supported the Oculus Rift, did that in that first second, did everything inside Second Life become you know, the first virtual reality, this and that, I don't know. <laughs> or does it only count once someone actually sees it wearing the Oculus Rift? Or will it count once there's a consumer model Oculus Rift and from then on we start counting, all right, consumer, yeah, yeah this is the, this is real VR for the layman, we're going to start, uh, that's, yeah, it's a I, lot of interesting questions there. Definitely there is, I, yeah, I've had, yeah, it gets, yeah, it gets uh, kind of <laughs> philosophical, it, good so, rabbit hole stuff for you. Oh yeah, oh, you know how, <laughs> you know how I like a good, a good uh, rabbit hole stew, um, yeah. but, but I think my point there was that there is this, you know, really interesting community around these other virtual worlds that have existed for a long time. 
you know, the Oculus Rift and these other VR devices. And, you know, they're, you know, the, the, those things have always been, you know, kind of a placeholder until they had the better VR technology. I mean, that was always what they were going for. So I was just saying, yeah, my point was that there is, you know, there, there is this huge community out there that is a little bit separate from the, uh, you know, Reddit or Oculus VR community. But uh, there, there's they're they're merging you know these communities are merging together you know there's also other communities like uh you know these virtual tourists tourism you know people have been into these like 360 you know they call them uh using the quicktime vr player mm-hmm. where they do you know 360 scans of places and so there's that whole world and that whole community and the virtual worlds community and you know the virtual reality community you know they're all coming together and merging at virtual reality yeah. And, you know, and I really hope that, you know, the SVVR conference can become, uh, you know, a, a neutral ground for all of these communities to come together. The gaming world, the cinematic VR world, the virtual tourism, the virtual worlds, you know, where you can all meet around this shared, you know, goal of better VR experiences. You know, you, you bring up a really cool point. And I, and I think about how this is uh perhaps we're starting to witness uh the birth of subfields of virtual reality i'm sort of how i think about vr as a tree and you know uh virtual reality cinematic experience are are branches and uh, on that tree and and virtual reality unreal engine experiences are a tree and then uh, are a branch on that tree and and so on and so forth Uh, i mean but this tree hasn't been drawn yet there's no you know there there's there's no one saying yeah, this VR experience, you know, for example, the guys are from from Condition One are creating a movie in VR with real cameras. I mean, that's is that virtual reality? I mean, is it? A, I would say it's a subfield and it belongs to virtual reality. Um, but I don't know if it's been defined. You know, that that's style of content creation. Yeah, I think the most interesting, you know, aspects of VR have probably haven't even been invented yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know it's it's going to evolve slowly as as the technology evolves. I mean, but uh, you know I I think that all of these different communities they do have some shared goals and some share you know there's there's definitely a lot of overlap and you know that's that's where I'm hoping the SVVR conference comes in as a place where we can you know all all meet and discuss the issues that are common to all of us. What's your take on uh, Android VR? headsets uh like the Dorovis, uh i don't know if the game face is is an android powered one um yep it is yeah okay and i have to say um i i was initially skeptical i mean definitely long term it makes sense i was initially skeptical but having tried the most recent um iteration of the game face i am a lot less skeptical <laughs> whoa um, it's 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 really nice um you know the one thing that really struck me the last time i tried it which was at the uh, sacramento vr meetup mm-hmm and was um, the the tracking on these has always seemed a little bit off. You know, it's you turn your head, it, it turns, but not necessarily in the right way, and things are always a little bit off, you know, with, with these uh, Android and phone-based VR mm-hmm. experiences. And that's really, I guess, a function of the hardware. Mm-hmm. But uh, the latest iteration of the game face, the tracking was so much better than it used to be. Wow. <laughs> and uh, some of these others, you know, in the past that I've tried was so... I am, and and the graphics. I mean, I, the the resolution on the latest game faces. You know, I, I don't remember what it was, but it's very high. <laughs> wow. 
I mean, it's a, there's an interesting thing. My glasses do not fit inside of it. So I can tell that it's really high resolution, but I can't tell with my glasses on, so I can't fully appreciate it. Does it does it have a, an effect of immersion similar to the Oculus? Better than the Oculus? Worse than the Oculus? How do you, how does it compare? Yeah, it's uh, very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very similar. So the I think the latest iteration of the game face, um, and it may be because it's still you know evolving in a prototype. The uh, the distortion, the warping was not quite right. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it really feels, you know, like a HD Rift. Yeah. And, and no awesome. wires, which is like, wow, just that's it. It's, just, it's all self-contained. Did it feel heavy? Um, I didn't wear it long enough to notice that it felt too heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it it didn't feel any different than wearing a Rift. I need to try it out. This is yeah. Uh... yeah well, you'll get a chance. I don't think they're on the list yet, but I, I do believe that Game Face is. Uh, yeah, because it is. It is confirmed for a panel. Game Face will definitely be at the uh, SVVR conference as well. Yes. There's a few companies I just haven't even gotten on the list yet because it's uh, things are evolving rapidly here. <laughs> I like surprises. This is awesome, man. Wow, Carl, you man, you are uh, getting the who's who. Uh, I heard uh, Stefan Welker from the Durovis uh, dive is heading down yep, to... Yeah, those guys confirmed uh, in the past week. That's fantastic. Yeah, Sean Edwards from Lunar Flight, I think. He... That's right. He's coming all the way from Australia. So. <laughs> this is... this it's, is. It's funny. At GDC, I was talking to Sean, and I, I told him about the conference. He's like, yeah, I just came out for, for GDC, and it's really expensive to come all the way from Australia. So uh, it's unlikely that I'd love to come to the conference, but it's unlikely because it's, it's pretty, you know, close, you know, on the calendar and i said okay well i'm going to try really hard to make it so compelling that you have to come <laughs> and you know a few days ago he's like okay you got me i'm coming success <laughs> i was <What>? like yes <laughs> success <laughs> well, yeah that, that I, I am uh yeah i'm i'm completely compelled i i will have to this i yeah man carl i'm yeah. so excited like I'm, I'm really excited too. i'm excited hard. to get you know i'm excited for some of these panels to talk about you know like the input panel like that's that's going to be a lot of fun to get you know richard marks together with uh you know uh with nathan from servios and and doc ock and you know all these people that's going to be awesome um, you know jan virtuix and yeah Whoa. and uh jason gerald who uh you know i i think at one of the first vr conferences i went to he was a moderator so he's kind of like this you know he's 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 a young guy but you know he's been in vr for i think like 20 years you know and he's he's worked for everyone at at some point in some capacity so he's kind of a legend in the space as well and excited that he'll be moderating that's exciting i'm I'm really excited i'm super excited deep inside carl and just i know you're a super busy man but it's just a couple last couple questions deep inside what is the thing that's motivating you to keep doing this to be in this space to push this technology forward i mean what is that thing that's driving you um there's something there's something about people that are drawn to vr that I just feel at home talking to these people. Like, I'm just like, you know, I feel like I'm instantly feel like I'm friends with people, other people that are passionate about this. And it's not just because we have a shared passion, but I think it's, I think there is something specific that draws, you know, a specific personality type that is drawn to virtual reality. Like people that just feel this like intuitive draw to it. Like people like yourself, you know, you're just, they're optimists. 
Um, you know, they're interested in technology, but also the larger philosophical questions. They're deep thinkers, you know, but they're very aware of user experience. And I, I don't know, I just feel like I, I totally sync up with other people that are interested in VR. So I feel at home around other VR people. Hmm. So obviously I want to, you know, get, surround myself with as many as possible because that's just fun. Yeah, that that's a great that's a great motivation. I mean, that's uh not too you know yeah not too grand grandiose like I like like me I'm too grandiose but uh, but but also not I like it I like that motivation man because it yeah. it works. I mean, I also think it's you know it's gonna change the world, but it's almost like that's obvious at this point to yeah. me. It's a no brainer. Of course, it's gonna change the world and change everything and change humanity, but. On a personal level, it's also just fun to hang out with these people. Is it changing you? Is 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 it is virtual reality uh, uh, being in this space changing who you are? Do you think, or or is it uh, just unleashing the real you out there? I th I don't think that spending time in virtual reality is changing me, but definitely being in the middle of this kind of you know storm. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like this is really a storm that's picking up you know, picking up steam. And I feel like being in the middle of that and, and putting myself out there and actually, you know, taking a risk and doing these events and these meetups and stuff. It's, it's definitely, I've grown a lot since I've gotten involved in this. That's for sure. Mm. I never would have, you know, it, it was very rare in the past when I would speak in front of, you know, a hundred people. And now I often find myself doing that. And, you know, and then, you know, the, as the groups grow and the numbers get larger and it, it's, feeling more and more comfortable. So, you know, and, and like I said before, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely an introvert at heart, but I've had to force myself to be extroverted in order to make this because, you know, my, my, uh, my draw to be introverted is not as strong as my uh, push and desire to make this successful. So I force myself through it, you know, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm definitely having to put myself out there and reach out to people in ways that I never would have before. Yeah, no. In my in my view, Carl, you are not only a scholar and gentleman of virtual reality, but I, I think you're like Obi Wan Kenobi of, of <laughs> VR. It's it's yeah. It's you're you you sort of coming out came out of nowhere, and now you're out there trying to uh uh you know put yourself on a adventure to save the galaxy. Yeah, it's uh it's I have to do something because as I get older, I become less and less effective at actually writing code and doing stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, isn't it weird? This this whole life we live is just a race against time. Yeah. I, I mean, to do something before you die, <laughs> or I don't know. I mean, how do you view it? Is it is life to you like a race against time to do something meaningful before you die, or is it just? Uh, uh, I mean, what do you view it as? Yeah, I definitely feel that more and more lately. You know, I definitely am starting to read like uh, Marcus Aurelius and you know this this kind of. Uh stoicism philosophy where you have to really you know i don't know how much you're familiar with stoicism but it's a very interesting philosophy where it's it's really you focus on the fact that you're going to die and you're really supposed to think about like oh i'm going to die and then like when you 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 think about your loved ones and you, you you're really supposed to think oh they're going to die <laughs> and, and so you know and, and it's not just to be morbid but it's it, it then makes you appreciate the time that you have with them more that's the idea yeah. so to really focus and face your death long before it happens and that forces you to make the most of the time when you're actually alive yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. I've I've been really getting into that lately. I I you know I all my life I've been morbid like that, and I didn't have a word for it. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe I'm stoicism. You may you may just be a natural stoic. stoic. <laughs> I'm mildly stoic. Yeah, because I think about that death all the time and uh, what what it means, what it why why is it even here? You know, and I'll never find the answers. I but I I can't not stop asking. So it's just an endless loop of. You know, learning something new to ask something else so that I can learn something new so that I can ask something else. And it, you know, it's like a, I, I'm a content hamster in that wheel. Um, but yeah, it's stoicism. That's a, it, it, I, I've been reading uh, the the threads on Reddit and I'm, the thoughts of Marcos Aurelius have been really popular. I feel like they've been popping up a lot. I think it's a very popular thing to read these days. I, I'm going to have to check it out for sure. Yeah, it's timeless stuff. I mean, it's it's amazing when some philosophy lasts that long. What are especially when it doesn't have like some built-in uh, viral mechanism, like a like a religion with like evangelism or something. Yeah, in 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 death, huh? I wonder if if you know in this, because I, I was talking to my grandpa about it, and I was like, you know, we were talking about it and uh, death for some reason. And I was telling him how you know it'll be fine. I'm just going to upload your consciousness to uh, you know a, a a a machine. How can that? You know, I wonder if we can record a whole human life and then you know every moment every second every you know even down to the thought perhaps one day and then and then if we could put all those memories into a machine and tell that machine all right you are that person do you think you know we we could have uh, we can recreate artificial intelligence or we can you know pseudo bring back people to life yeah it's i mean it's it's a it's a Amazing question. I totally think so. I don't, you know, I don't see any law of physics that says why not. And I believe that we are, you know, when it comes down to it, we are, you know, based on science and physics and, you know, our brains are, you know, they, they are physical matter and chemical and electrical combinations. And mm -hmm. there's no, no, there's no uh, big reason I can think of why that couldn't happen. Of course, once that happens, then you can make copies of people. And, you know, what if there were, you know, 10 million copies of yourself all, would they all have independent consciousness? Uh, yeah, kind of mind-melting questions, but yeah. I think so. And it leads me to think, like, if, if that, if I have my grandpa inside of a PlayStation 4, I, I don't know, I'm just saying, but I, I put him inside a PlayStation 4 and he lives in there. And and he can respond to me, and I, I do, is that is that thing a living thing? Is that a living? It, well, you know, will human beings put inside a computer? Will, will those things become living, even though they don't have the molecules and and and, and chemical processes that you know us have in our flesh bodies yeah i think we'll have to redefine what it, what living what we mean when we say living because mm. i think if something has self-awareness then it's alive i mean it's not biologically alive but it's you know consciously alive i think yeah. we'll have to come up with some sort of separation there but i think so yeah i i think that's i think you're right i think i think like it's it's going to happen like uh sex you know like either either you're straight or you're or you're either you're straight or you're not but now it's like no it's not it's kind of gray you know you can be all you know it's all across the spectrum like gay right. transsexual bisexual all i think that we might reach that point with life and death it's not it's going to be black and white life and death it's there's going to be a, a, a gray and it's we're gonna oh that's interesting on the death part yeah <laughs> sort of dead but not quite <laughs> right 
I, you know, yeah. I don't know. Perhaps. Oh, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, t- I'm totally into the whole singularity thing and thinking about that. I love thinking about that. It, just, you know, it every time just breaks my brain, but still fun to think about. Because it's a fun thought exercise, and it's made even more fun by the fact that it's very likely that we're going to actually know the answers, like in our lifetime. Yes, <laughs> because that... you know, the, all the projections on this stuff are, you know, not not that far off. You know, the next. 20 years, 30 years, mm-hmm. people are predicting that, you know, computer intelligence will equal human intelligence and, you know, uh, Ray Kurzweil's singularity. I think he has like, what is it? 2034 or something is his date. Hmm. So not that far off. Not that, yeah, not that far off at all. And then we'll be looking back someday as digital consciousness is, uh, having a enter VR podcast from somewhere in the virtual world <laughs> and we'll be like ah we were right we were wrong <laughs> oh how we really screwed up yes <laughs> <laughs> we should have never done this <laughs> well well there's no i mean this is this is where it gets interesting because once there is money behind this technology thing this this movement towards going forward with with you know with this uh, vision of having endless information and being uh, uh, infinitely connected to each other I, that is that's a that's a weird thing it, it, but it's but i feel like once the money and the capital and the oligarchs line up behind this idea i i don't see it dying or going away yeah i don't even think it's just money i mean i think it's just i mean it's it's the the population it's just the the quality of life that people are used to yeah. i mean if if we right now got rid of technology you know like huge chunks of the world you know of the population of the world would die of starvation i mean you know people could not you know if everyone tried to eat organically growing in their backyard there's not enough land in the world but you know a large chunk of the human population would have to die off of starvation mm-hmm so we we're already completely dependent on technology and these supply chains and you know these large cargo ships and you know every all the technology that you know goes into getting you know food into our supermarkets and clean water into our pipes and everything you know there's without technology already it's already we've gone too far the only way forward is more technology yeah, and it's it's or, it's or or dying off or or dying off. I yeah, I killing I, off a chunk. I I picked the former. Uh, but yeah. but, <laughs> but thinking about that, like that is that's that's fascinating because if we might not have a choice in uh, deciding on whether we need virtual reality or not. I think we're gonna have to need it. We're gonna need the metaverse to help us reduce our carbon emissions so that we can stave off you know catastrophic climate change we're going to we're going to need to create a, a a place so that that can replace the jobs that we're going to lose because of automation and and, yeah. and, and so, it isn't interesting that it seems to like be popping up almost at the perfect time when when it's like we need to have an option besides what we have it's technology always seems to work like that it it presents a you know, a way out of all the problems that we create. <laughs> now we just need to find a way to get into a TED Talk so we can tell people, hey, everybody, n- never fear, virtual reality is here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have, uh, you know, where is, you know, your Ebola pandemics? Where are your post, uh, post-antibacterial post age? Where is your climate change? Bring it to me because I have the solution with me. And holy crap, I'm on a roll with this rhyming shit. So 
yeah i'm thinking about like this is this is one of the technologies that in conjunction with 3d printing and uh, drone technology and self-driving cars and and the and you know the big data uh internet that we're seeing i, I we're we, we're seeing the future unravel right before our eyes um and it's just so weird to see it how it's being captured um my my thing though is is really like the whole privacy thing i think that you know at the end of the day i like having you know the whole of human knowledge at the touch at the palm of my hand but i i need a choice i need i need i want to have the freedom to choose between whether i want you to watch me or not and i don't know if that's overly explicit in the current state of you know uh, the internet that we're in <clears throat> Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely and and you know the we became complacent before VR on a lot of this stuff. I yes. mean, you know, right now, you know, it's I mean, privacy is is pretty dead right now. It's it's sad. I, how did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> you know, we we built it into the Constitution of the United States, and you know, new and you know, it was the loophole was new technologies. Okay. So, you know, the government can't read your mail and that's, you know, we all know that. And that's like, you know, that's a, that's a written in stone and will not change. But now we have something, you know, easier and more convenient than mail email. And, oh, there, yeah, we can read that. That's something new and different, mm -hmm. but it really, it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think for that, the solution is to make these is to, you know, present these freedoms in a way that it, we're protecting the idea of the freedom as opposed to the very specific implementation or very specific technology of pen on paper versus, you know, bits in a computer or on a wire. Exactly. We need to, you know, protect the freedom at a, at a higher level. Especially because I think that I'm not sure if it's the Supreme Court or federal court or some court, but they're deciding on whether it is legal for police to search your phone without a warrant. And I'm thinking like, dude, what the fuck? Your computer just got, you know, it, the, the desktop computer, especially for this generation, you know, the younger kids, like the desktop computer has just been miniaturized to a computer in your pocket. So... People still carry the same shit, the same incriminating, you know, uh, beer palm pictures and, 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 and dick pics, all that stuff. They're still in, you know, that you would have in your desktop. They're on their phone. And, and why would you, it's just like what you said. It's, it's, it's about the idea, not the medium or the, the specific technology. Uh, yeah. it's, it's just crazy. Um, and how people don't i don't know i don't know if i'm wrong with this but i feel like the majority of the po the population does not give a, a a single fuck about their their privacy because i don't know if they understand really what privacy is uh you know what it means to them i i think i think i don't know or maybe they do and maybe they just you know, figure it out. Like they did a, 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 a an analysis, like a cost benefit analysis. All right. Well, what is the cost of is the cost of raising a fuss over this internet thing higher than the benefits that I'm getting already? I I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, when you're in the moment and you want to see that picture, but you have to make an account on that website to see the picture. But you want to see that picture that your you know your your brother or your mother or someone is sharing with you. So, and the only way to do, or the quickest and easiest way to do that is just, okay, fine, I'll go ahead and give up a little bit here and a little bit there. And before you know it, you've given up 
you know, all of your freedom and privacy. Yeah, you're on a giant banner on Highway 101. Of, of uh-huh. <laughs> exactly, and it's easy for you know some people to say, well, if you you know you, you know it's still a choice, you don't have to do it. But you know, and really, the social pressure is such that you kind of have to do it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, let's I mean, face. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's very hard to you know live without a Facebook account. Yes. You know, I I know a few people who do. I I have one and I try not to ever use it, but sometimes I have no choice. I mean, in order to do something or see something, I have to use it. I don't like to. We need to. <laughs> but it's it's still there. We need to bring back MySpace. We need to uh, bring balance yeah, back to the force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, that that whole social media experiment went wild when the moment this company got so big. I mean, is it? Do you think it's too big? Uh, a company like I know a company like Google is, is too big to fail. Uh, a company like Apple's too big to fail. Although uh, Apple has me raising some questions lately. But but a company like Facebook and their infrastructure is is something like that too big to to fail? Or is there you know, uh, contribution to society by enabling people to connect with each other uh, for free. In many, you know, is yeah, relatively. I, I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's, and that's, and I don't think I think they realize that, and that's why they're yeah. investing in things like Oculus, is <laughs> because they realize that you know they could be replaced just as quickly as MySpace was, or Friendster was before them, or you know whatever used to be before that. You know, I, I don't think there's any reason it couldn't. You know just disappear and be replaced by something better yeah no it's definitely and they're see they see the writing on the wall they see that the future is in vr and i you know it's it would be it, it only made sense for them to go ahead and acquire oculus it's just the long-term uh vision of what that might become is you know sort of I, I don't want to say scary, but it's kind of is. It's sort of scary for me yeah. to think about. The, yeah, it, it's the question is, are they going to apply the same philosophies that they applied to Facebook to VR? Or, you know, the way I see it, VR is much bigger than something like Facebook will, mm-hmm. could ever be. You know, that's just, you know, whatever silly social networking. But, you know, to actually, you know, VR as a medium is, is so much bigger and more significant and will have so much more impact. Um, and you know, it's just a matter of, yeah, I hope they just don't apply, like, did they apply the philosophies that they apply to Facebook about privacy and, and, um, freedom of expression and everything just because it's, it was the easiest thing to do with the medium they're working with, or is it some, you know, is there something deeper there? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we certainly will. And yeah, I, again, We'll see because there's a uh, a lot writing on this. I think and, and I don't know how effective Sony will be at countering, uh, you know, Oculus's rise. You know. Yeah, I mean, Sony. You know, they're they're focused on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. You know, their Morpheus is a PlayStation project, and it's you know done in the PlayStation group and. It is, it is, uh, you know, I, I think they also see VR as a medium and not just a peripheral for the PlayStation, Yeah. but they see it as a way to bring a new medium to the PlayStation. So they're really focused on that, you know, on, on this console and this box. <laughs> and it's going to be a, another interesting experiment. I mean, the whole, this whole time people have been saying this is the last console generation. And, and I don't know if, you know, with virtual reality being introduced into the mix, I don't know if 
that's gonna if it's gonna make a dent if it's going to extend these consoles past this current generation i don't know yeah i mean i would have agreed that the whole console thing i mean the the problem is the the line the timelines just get longer with each generation mm-hmm. where technology just gets uh you know exponentially uh better and in shorter timelines so at some point you know it's it's basically impossible for a console to keep up with uh you know the pc world or or mobile devices or these other things that are on a much shorter timeline so they either have to rethink their timelines or they're perpetually going to be you know years behind the other technologies yeah it's i mean it seemed like it was a no-brainer but now throw vr into the mix and that's kind of a oh that's a that's a new unknown so does that you know does that make it even worse or does that kind of turn things around for them? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see. Um, and yeah, who knows? Hmm. But yeah. yeah, interesting stuff. Definitely. It, it, definitely. And I, I, I will have to uh, call it a, a night for now. Uh, Carl Krantz, you have been, uh, again, amazing as always. Thanks for coming on this show and, and, and supporting it and coming along, man. Because, uh, yeah, th- you know, it's it's awesome to have you on the show. And th- oh, thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, let me just give a, a, a discount code, uh, a promo code for anyone who wants to come to the conference. Um, you can get $100 off the ticket. Um, if you're not uh, working at, at Facebook or Google, or one of these big companies, you should buy a ticket uh, as an indie developer, which is a little cheaper than the than the standard ticket, and then use uh, the discount code SVBR2014. It's uh, SVBR2014, and that's uh, that'll get you a hundred dollars off. So the ticket would be two fifty for a two day conference. So you'll for for that you'll spend two days with you know the pioneers of VR. You know, several hundred other people who are just as passionate about VR as you are and who've, you know, are devoted enough to, to come out and take two days off of work on a weekday and, you know, just devote, devote that time to learning about VR and trying new experiences. And um, I hope to see you there because it's going to be, uh, it's going to be legendary. Bam! Carl Krantz dropping the discounts. You guys better get on top of that. That's there's no. It's hard to put a, a price on history. It really, you're gonna be a, a witness to history. How how much? It really is. Yeah. It's the, it's the first conference in this new industry that is going to be a massive, massive industry a few years down the road. Yes. And this is the first time that we're all coming together in one place. So it is going to it is going to be a legendary and a historic event. I'm so looking forward to this. Carl Krantz, any last words, any final thoughts before we uh, close this off? Uh, no, yeah. Um, just a, a quote on my mind, which I forget who it was. Was it uh, Michael Abrash or was it uh... – anyway, the quote was, um, yeah, that VR is not just a new medium, but it is the final medium. I, I love that. I think it's, <laughs> it's so perfect. Wow. Well, I'm gonna let I'm gonna I'm gonna sit I'm gonna let that marinate for a while. And I, just... know, I can't remember. Maybe it was Carmack who said it. I, I recently read it somewhere and it stuck with me. I like just that. Popped up. I like that a lot. The final medium. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what that means. Yeah. Well, I think it's because all other mediums can exist inside of VR. Oh. So you can sit there and watch TV, or you can read a book, or you can even have AR inside of VR. <laughs> now you're <laughs> just, you're blowing my mind yeah. here. <laughs> it's you know it's the ultimate medium because wow. all other mediums can exist inside of it yeah i can't think of a medium that can happen on top of it you know outside of it 
inside of it that it all happens. Yeah, because once you're once you have full immersive VR, then you can do any of the other mediums that exist. Yeah. And mix them up and mesh them up and not have to worry about the laws of physics or anything else. That is a wonderful quote to finish on. Uh, Carl Krantz, the creator of Silicon Valley Virtual Reality Meetup and the first consumer VR uh, conference and expo coming up this May 17th through the 20th. It was nope, 19th and 20th. 19th and 20th. Yep. Oh, and let me add uh, the the 17th and 18th are the Maker Fair if you're in the Bay Area. And SVVR will also have a uh, booth at the Maker Fair. We're okay. going to be uh, showing VR to the public and seeing how that goes. <laughs> Whoa, okay. So that's going to be awesome. That's going to be Maker Fair. That's the place to be, especially. Yeah, yeah, we'll be in the dark room. So they have one room that has all the all the pretty lights and it's all dark in there. That's we'll be somewhere in there. Just, <laughs> okay. just follow the follow the VR people. You'll find us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, they're hard to miss is the people with the face at the thing on their face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, Carl Krantz, dude, you've been awesome. Like always, always, awesome. always. It, you're it, always. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> you're again. My door is perpetually open on this podcast forever for you and Anana and you know. Uh, and, and again, thanks so much for putting this on and keep on fighting the good fight. Hang in there, Carl. Just 21 more days and you can go back to sleep. Hang oh, in there. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Take care. Have a good night. And bam. That was it. Bam. That we create the metaverse. You know how like Carmack has been talking about it. Palmer Lucky's been talking about it. By the way, I'm recording because I want to make I want to get your uh, question answer on this. Uh, what What do you think that means? That they want to I mean, the metaverse creating it is a morally imperative. I, I'm not sure, but you know what? I I agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I feel drawn to make you know doing everything i can to make this happen yeah there is a there is this kind of draw like because we can do it like i feel like we need to do it <laughs> because hmm. of all the possibilities and i i just i don't know you know obviously i can't think through all the implications of vr and there's a lot of potential bad but i just feel there's like a i'm just you know drawn yeah there's a moral imperative to do this i don't know why but yeah. i feel it in my gut <laughs> yeah that's uh that was a perfect answer. Carl, thanks again. Have a great night. Thanks, Chris. Take care. You too.